I'm Matthew McCabe. Welcome to Miracle Voices. Each episode, we will be delving into stories of forgiveness, healing, and transformation that have come about from integrating the principles of the book, A Course in Miracles. If you want to learn more about A Course in Miracles, visit www.acim.org. If you'd like to visit the Miracle Voices site, please go to www.miraclevoices.org. If you feel inspired to make a love offering, please visit us at miraclevoices.org forward slash donate. All donations go to support the work of the Foundation for Inner Peace, the publisher of A Course in Miracles. Now here's your program. Hello, everybody. This is Matthew McCabe, co-host of Miracle Voices. I am here with my co-host, Tam Morgan. Tam, how are you doing today? Hello. I'm Well, I'm trying to balance the I could see peace instead of this with the situation in the world, yes. um, as, I, as we are, no matter what, continuously. But, but I'm very glad to be here. And we also have a very special guest today. Not a special relationship, a special guest, John Harold Moore. John, welcome to Miracle Voices. Thank you so much, Matt. Thank you, Tam. I'm really excited to have this conversation and see what Holy Spirit wants to reveal for all of us during our time together. Thank you. Wonderful. John, give us a sense of geography. Where are you sitting in the world today? I am sitting in Sarasota, Florida, just about an hour south of Tampa Bay, and it is a gorgeous day here in Florida. Oh, good, good. And Tam, how about you? Where are you today? I am actually in Oakland, California, and it is pretty beautiful here as well. Oh, good. And I am in the Happy south dream. coast of, of Portugal, and it's a little cloudy, a rare thing here. So, oh. John... So glad to have you here. Maybe you could start with how A Course in Miracles came into your life to give us a little background. Sure, sure. So as many Course in Miracles students, there's usually a story (laughs) how it finds us. Um, And the Holy Spirit had to work through a lot of people to get it to me. Um, I guess like many of us, I got to that place where I asked that infamous question, there's got to be a better way. And for me, it happened right around, it was in 2001. And I wasn't really happy with any aspect of my life, not my relationship, my job, my living situation. And as I'll share a little bit more about my mom, I was really concerned about my mom up in New York state. I was living in Miami at the time. And um, then September 11th happened. And I remember the night before very clearly where I was because Olivia Newton-John was doing a concert in Miami Beach at the Jackie Gleason Theater. And she sang a song off of her Let's Get Physical album about dolphins and protecting dolphins. It's this obscure song that was never released. And oh my God, I cried and cried when she sang that song. And I feel like I tapped into like some kind of global sadness that was about to happen the next morning. And I remember my partner at the time saying something like, well, I don't want a boyfriend who cries all the time. But it was after that happened that I thought, gosh, you know, we go for all these things and they can all be taken away at any second. So things deteriorated in that relationship. Um, and eventually we went our separate ways and it it really was crushing. And I think my self-esteem was at an all-time low. And that's when uh, a friend, one of my neighbors actually saw me crying a lot. And he said, John, I think you would like the church. Why don't you come to church with me? I'm, I'm sorry to see you crying all the time. And I'm like, no, I'm not really a church person. I don't think that's for me. And he said, no, no, this is a great church. It's very inclusive. There's, um, you know, all different walks of life there. And the music is great. And that church turned out to be Unity on the Bay in Miami. And that was um, quite a turning point when I walked in and heard these positive messages. And um, it was in that same year that another friend convinced me to go to massage school. He said, John, you give massages all the time. You might as well go to school and get your license and get paid for it. 
So I went to Educating Hands School of Massage in Miami. And oh my gosh, did my life start to turn around? Like it couldn't have been more divinely orchestrated that that group of 13 students that started that journey through massage therapy. Um, and one of my classmates in particular, I got really close with. And after we graduated and she ended up moving to California, um, she kept telling me that um, she's like, John, you need to read this book called Disappearance of the Universe by Gary Renard. And I said, okay, I'll read it. She didn't say anything that it was about A Course in Miracles. She just said she really strongly felt that I needed to read this book. And so I added it to my book list. Um, it was a long list of books that people had recommended. And then um, I ended up going to California for a gathering and she was there and she said, John, I just found out Gary Renard is going to Unity on the Bay to do a talk. You've got to go and you've got to read his book before. I'm like, okay, Gwyneth, okay. Um, and so she had, I guess she won the audio version of Disappearance of the Universe uh, uh, at a Course in Miracles conference. And she gave me her CD set. And I went back to Miami and I listened to it in my car in between massage appointments and it was like the world opened up to me like, oh my gosh, this is answering all of the questions that nothing else had been able to answer. And I listened to those CDs over and over again. Um, I ended, I did go to see Gary Renard speak at Unity on the Bay and he was, his second book, Your Immortal Reality was just coming out. And I actually had Gwyneth's copy of that book. And I thought, oh, I'll get it signed for her. Little did I know it was a, well, it was a paperback. And when I went up to have Gary sign it, he looks at me like, how did you get this? This isn't available yet. <laughs> and I'm uh, like, I don't know. It's not my, I thought I was in trouble. <laughs> and apparently she had a Canadian publishing version of it or something, but he signed it and we talked a little bit and it has everything he said spoke to me so deeply. And it I think maybe a few weeks later, I bought my first copy of the course and have been a grateful student ever since. Wow. That's a great story. And Gary's, Gary's book does blow the mind wide open when you read that. It's just like, wow, this is connecting so many dots in such an easily yeah. digestible way. Yeah, I, I love, I think someone says, or maybe he says that a lot of people call it the decoder ring for A Course in Miracles. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and it sure was for me. I don't think I would understand yeah. it as well as I do now had it not been for that book. Yeah. yeah. It, it, it really has been helpful to so many people. Yeah. Yeah. Well, John, how did your life start to change once you started practicing the course? Hmm. Well, I would say that I started to I think the biggest thing the course did for me was God was no longer something to be feared or an enemy um, that it started to be that idea of God started to be friendly, started to be, oh, I can, this isn't something that is going to punish me. This is um, a loving source that I can count on because when I was growing up um, my father died when I was seven my grandmother died, I think, when I was 10 or 11. My dog died. My mother turned to alcohol to numb her pain after my father passed. And for me, it was like, how could there be a God when all this terrible stuff is happening in my world? So I became a very devout atheist and didn't believe in anything. One of my best friends from high school, whenever we saw um, a church parking lot on a Sunday, we would always make a joke. Oh, look, God must be having a sale. Look at all the cars in the parking lot. But I did not believe in a higher power. But, you know, once I found the course, I understood why, because it's a totally different version of God in the course. And I understand you have a forgiveness story today you'd like to share. I do. I do. I actually have two and they're kind of intersected, but there's a big one. And if there's time, I'll share the other one too. Um, but it, it involves my mom. We had 
quite the uh, tumultuous relationship, but I, I really do believe that our souls signed up for a class on unconditional love. And I think before she passed uh, about 10 years ago, we got there, but I didn't think it was possible. Um, I'm the youngest of five and my older siblings are quite a bit older. My brother is 13 years older and then they go down in age to seven years older than me. And then seven years passed and surprise, my mom got pregnant again. Um, And so I kind of had the best of both worlds. I was uh, kind of like an only child, but from a big family as well. But um, after my dad passed, most of my siblings were out of the house already. And so that's when my mom's drinking got really bad and it was just her and I in the house. Um, But I, you know, as anyone who's grown up um, in a house with alcoholism or any addiction, um, I don't need to share details. It's just not pleasant. A lot of chaos, a lot of, um, a lot of sadness. And so I, I went to college and I ended up living in Florida. I worked for Disney World for seven years on, in the entertainment department. And then I moved to Fort Lauderdale, Miami area. And that's when um, I started going to Unity on the Bay and massage school. But um, I remember in particular, uh, my and all that time, my mom was still drinking. Um, m- one of my sisters and I went home for Memorial Day one year. And it was one of the most uh, heartbreaking weekends I think I've ever spent because my mom basically was just laying on the couch the whole time moaning. There was like a sea of beer cans in the living room. It was just really, really a mess and kind of gross and sad because we couldn't do anything. So my sister and I drove around a lot and it was just such a helpless feeling. So I'm grateful. I hadn't found the course yet, but I did. um, I was part of the Unity on the Bay community, and they had a prayer circle. um, And I joined that prayer circle because I didn't know what else to do to help my mom. And we all had an intention. It was a group of like seven or eight of us. And we all said what we wanted to pray for. And then everyone agreed that they would pray for the same thing for for each of the prayer requests. And I prayed that my mom would find peace, that she would stop drinking, that she would take care of herself and bless those people in that prayer circle. They said, okay, John, that's, that's great. We'll pray for your mom, but what do you want? I'm like, no, no, I'm not here for me. I'm here for my mom. And they're like, yeah, we get it. We'll pray for your mom, but what do you want? And what I wanted was to do massage full-time and get, um, move somewhere a little bit more peaceful. I was living on South beach at the time and it was kind of like the movie bird cage back then. Um, and so lo and behold, those things happened and I had been campaigning for my mom to leave the house that we grew up in. It was a five bedroom house in upstate New York, and it was just too much for her to take care of through a, a series of interesting events, she she got in a, a car accident with a pile of bricks at a construction site um, one night that she had been drinking. So she had to get sober um, and she went to an outpatient facility and she started to, you know, get better and she wasn't drinking and she was. Um, so I was like, mom, why don't you come down and live near me in Florida And I had this fantasy that she was going to leave the past behind. She was going to come to to Fort Lauderdale, start going to the Unity Church with me. And I had, it was going to be all unicorns and rainbows. (laughs) And well, they say, be careful what you wish for. (laughs) And she did move to Florida eventually um, in 2005. Um, I should have known something was up because she moved on May 1st, which is May Day, May Day, May Day danger. Um, And then that same year in 2005 um, was the year that Hurricane Wilma hit. It was the most devastating hurricane to hit Florida since Hurricane Andrew. And my mother's name was Wilma. So that year I had two Hurricane Wilmas hit. Um, (laughs) I didn't know it at the time, but um, so things were, were going well for a while. 
I don't know, maybe it was six months, eight months, something like that. And I went over to her home once and I could tell that she was drunk and my heart just sank. I was, I can't believe, I can't believe we've come so far and why would you start that again? And I was just, and then selfishly, I was like, oh, great. And now I'm the only one down here in Florida and I'm going to be the one stuck dealing (laughs) with this again and all the mess and the drama. And it got progressively worse. Um, Her home was again, really really kind of disgusting. And I, you wouldn't believe that someone could live in a house that was that dirty. And my brother and I tried to intervene and I took her to Key West for the weekend and he hired a cleaning crew and cleaned up her home and then brought her back. And two weeks later, it was exactly like it was before we had it cleaned. And, uh, and it was, I can say that that was one of the hardest times because that unconscious guilt that lives in all of us was really the ego was having a field day thinking, John, you have to do something. How could you let your mother live like that? The neighbors were saying I had to do something, but I didn't know what to do. I could have forced her to live somewhere else, but I just had the sense that that would ruin my relationship with her. So I just kept praying and I kept practicing true forgiveness, like the course outlines of just stop and recognize I'm dreaming and that this is just, none of this is really happening. And her choices brought her there and just don't see anything is wrong and just let it go, give it over to the Holy Spirit and ask and I did that as best I could. And I would still cry after I dropped her off and I would, I would go home. Um, but eventually there was a blessing in disguise. Um, at one point she was doing laundry and she must've been quite inebriated and she fell and she hit her head on her driveway and a neighbor called an ambulance and she was taken to the hospital and then she got in the system. Now my mother, <laughs> she was quite a strong woman. She put the will in Wilma, as we used to say. Um, She told the hospital that she didn't have any children so that they couldn't contact us and tell us anything was wrong. But my brother called me and said, hey, guess where mom is? She's in the hospital. Oh, really? So that, that started a chain of events and they declared her a danger to herself And she had to go to a physical rehab to get her motor skills back. And that's when she started to acquiesce that, yeah, maybe she couldn't live by herself anymore. Um, And so she went into an assisted living. She was not happy about it at all. She kept saying, oh, why don't we just get a a duplex, honey? And (laughs) I'm thinking that would not be the most loving thing I could do to myself living <laughs> next door to my mother. And when she has no interest in stopping drinking or smoking. And I just knew that that was not going to be uh, an experience I wanted to sign up for. So she did go into an assisted living and um, didn't care for it so much. She used to call the other people that lived there, the other inmates. <laughs> and um, we tried to curtail her drinking, but nothing we did could stop her. She, even when we, she wanted to have a little mad money as she called it in her purse and she would walk to the Seven Eleven and buy alcohol or, and then when we cut off her mad money, she would sell cigarettes to the other people in, in the assisted living and pocket the money and go buy alcohol. <laughs> and then she would hide it in the bushes and then wait till the nurses left or went or were cleaning up. And then she went in the bushes and got it. <laughs> And she was, she was very clever. Um, And little by little though, her life force started to, to leave her and she still never quit drinking and she still never quit smoking. Um, But I remember one time uh, it was around St. Patrick's day. She passed in April and I remember going to see her. I brought her some sugar cookies for St. Patrick's day and she was, um, laying in her bed and I, I sat on the bed next to her and I put my hands on her 
And I was doing a little um, energy work on her, a little Laho Chi energy healing that I learned in massage school. And all of a sudden she sat up and she was alert and she looked at me and she said, what are you doing, honey? And I said, oh, I'm just doing a little energy work, giving you some love and some energy. And she said, thank you. And he said, what can I do for you? Now that question stopped me in my tracks because that question had not been on the table for a long time. What can she do for me? Um, and I thought about that question and I said, well, mom, I guess what you can do for me is just let me know um, if you want me to be here when you pass, if you want me to not be there, if you want to be alone, but you just let me know and, and I'll be happy to oblige your wishes. And she said, okay. And then she laid back down and fell right back to sleep. Like nothing had happened. I'm like, okay, that was really weird. Um, in the meantime, so it felt like it was getting close. She was in hospice and one of my friends gifted me this uh, I can only say it's a gift from God. It's called Graceful Passages, A Companion to Living and Dying. It's a CD set um, by Gary Malkin and Michael Stillwater. I would recommend that CD to anyone who's know someone um, close to the end of life. Um, it was so comforting, but my friend gave it to me. And I asked the hospice nurse to leave, a, to give us some privacy. And I put that CD in a boom box and my mother was laying in bed. She wasn't conscious. And I held her hand and listened to that CD. And it was like my heart cracked wide open. And I sobbed and I sobbed. And I just, the first track on that CD is letting yourself be loved. And I just listened to the music and it's they captured, um, they asked these wisdom keepers, what would you tell your grandchildren if you knew you were dying? And they recorded their answers and they edited them down to like five or six minutes. And then they composed music underneath them. And that's what this CD is. And we listened to the whole thing and it, it was a holy instant. That's when it finally dropped from my head to my heart that everything that happened, the good, the bad, the ugly, all the chaos of my childhood and all the drama of her moving to Florida, all of it happened so that I could find another path. So I could be asking the question, there's got to be another way. And in that moment, I thanked my mother for everything and I meant it. I really was grateful. And I told her that she was the perfect mom for me. And it was like this, this weight had been lifted because again, it was in my head, but it hadn't fallen to my heart yet. And I'm so grateful um, that I had that experience. Um, and then <laughs> it wasn't long after that, my brother called me and said, Hey, John, mom's making that noise again. You need to get over here. And he was in town um, for the winter and he was holding her hand and I was rubbing her feet. I was coming from a massage and I, the only essential oil I had was one called believe. And I was rubbing that on her feet and the hospice nurse was telling us, you know, I don't think it's going to be long. If your sisters want to see your mom, you better contact them and have them get here as soon as possible. And so we started calling my oldest sister and her voicemail picked up and we're like, oh, we don't want to leave a voice message. And my mother's breathing was getting more and more time in between breaths. And when we hung up, my brother hung up the phone, we kind of let, oh, we're too late. She's already gone. Ha ha ha. We're laughing. And then it, she really had passed. My mother literally left us laughing, which is so apropos for her. Um, and, you know, it was just such a, an experience to to be there when she passed. And I'm so grateful for the course, knowing that who she really is didn't go anywhere. And the little caveat to this story, um, a few months later, I was at a Chinese restaurant with a dear friend of mine who loved my mother, who my mother loved. And we were, I was kind of telling him about the last days and months of my mother's life. And 
I had grabbed a handful of fortune cookies and it ended up there were three of them. And in my mind, I thought, oh, one is for me, one is for my friend, and one is for my mom. And interestingly enough, he thought the same thing. And so we finished talking. I opened the fortune cookie um, that was designated for my mom. And it said, the one you love is closer than you think. I'm getting tingles all through me. I'm a little teary just thinking about that. But it was her way of telling me that, yeah, she didn't go anywhere. She went everywhere and she was still there. That's great. So beautiful. (laughs) It really is. I know I'd say that about a lot of people's stories, but that that hits home in a a really deep place. Thank you so much for sharing that, that moment too, that you realized the perfection of the role that she played. Um, I had something similar with my father and um, that in all the darkness, it was part of your path to yeah. your own opening. And I was very touched by hearing you talk about your tears, because where you introduced them was, you know, that you had a partner who said, I don't want a boyfriend who's crying all the time. <laughs> yeah. And and those tears are the tears of a lifetime of being sensitive and sad about a situation that that now it it sounds like the tears are much more of um joy and compassion and that she helped bring your tears uh to a different place within even the holy instant of that healing yeah i really i so agree with what with that tam and i i heard someone say that when the tears come, it's letting you know that the Holy Spirit is close, something along those lines. And your story of your mom really touched me, Tam, all the, the pieces <laughs> that came together. Um, and I real I thought of my mom and all the uh, all that journey with her. And I, I wish that we had said, let's try to do this without guilt. Um, but only all oh, that only works if two people <laughs> want to do that. Well, not really. Not really, because that's exactly what you did. Uh, no, you're right. How, how is that right. any different? Only one person has to want to do it. That's true. And there's only one of us here anyway. So exactly. Good, good catch. <laughs> Thank exactly. you. <laughs> yes. And I mean, you were committed to it in your own way and you got to it. And and you got to that instant. It. Time does not matter, and we do know it's used for this healing process, but you did get to that guiltless moment with her through that gratitude and and allowed yourself even to get to be with her when she passed, but you had already reached that place of, of guiltlessness and understanding what the relationship truly is and was. And so how could she go anywhere? She you that joining will always be there now because of the recognition of what the roles are and the outside um, versus what's really going on on the inside and the love that you got to anchor into in it. So thank you for that. I could totally feel it as you were, as you were speaking Mm -hmm. it. And I'm Mm -hmm. sure our audience will have similar experiences. John, you mentioned that you said your mom, you know, you were the perfect mom for me you realized it wasn't just, you know, good times, but all of it, the trying times and all of them came together for you two to be together, to get what you needed. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Sure. Um, I, I, if I had, I even see, you know, my father's passing when I was young, it was all part of my soul's journey. The part of the script that's already written to get me to think about, um, to think about in a different way, to see it from a different perspective. And I know, um, so some of the work I do, you might've heard, it's called family constellations. And I didn't know family constellations at the time that came into my life a little bit later, but I saw how much of my mother's sadness I was carrying. And I thought it was mine because I am a sensitive soul and, and I, and we do carry things for our parents on out of love. Cause we think, well, maybe if I take some of her pain, 
that she won't be carrying so much. But of course, thoughts don't leave their source. So she had the pain and then I had the pain. And I was so, oh, as a little kid, I just saw her crying in her bedroom so often. And I just wanted to my mom to feel better. But, you know, ironically, it's because of her that I became a massage therapist because I used to rub her back all the time on a Saturday night watching Love Boat. <laughs> and she would want me to put lotion on her back, but it was more like a massage. And I could see how that, um, that experience shaped me and massage and going to educating hands led my life in a whole new direction. So even that was perfect. And I just, I just have to say, cause it keeps coming up in my mind, you know, as someone who was a licensed massage therapist for 15 years, Tam, your story about what happened last summer mm -hmm. and the forgiveness opportunity and all the moving parts. If anyone hasn't listened to that one, what a profound healing and forgiveness story that touched so many levels. And it really touched me as someone who was a male massage therapist and just bless you for sharing that story. I think it's episode nine. If any of the listeners haven't heard that one, go back and listen to that one because it is powerful. Oh, thank you from that perspective. Yeah. It, it was a controversial share. Um, yeah. you know, the, the responses were, were a full range of responses. Uh, like, how dare you fall into that trap of thinking that that was okay in the end. That's the perfect classic victim story. But the story was through the eyes of a course. Yeah, exactly. You know, if I, if I told someone else the story and, and they said, come speak as a woman feminist, it may have had a different twist, but this is what we're here to do through the course. Yeah, and yeah. And these stories really do matter in all of their variations of where we bring them back to the course. And yeah, we so have to apply the beautiful. lessons universally. They, yes. We can't leave anyone out of the, the circle yes. of atonement. And we each come to things through different responses. I, I'm laughing and smiling at how your path with your mother brought you to be a massage therapist and mine brought me to not be a massage therapist because <laughs> I I mean truly I remember at age two three well really three and up my mother would have these horrible headaches and I would always rub her head and mm. she would and then she would completely give over to me as she tended to do all the power in the world like you remove my headache and you're amazing and you're a healer and it was so dramatic i didn't want to be seen as that you know like don't give wow. me more special powers and research me and so you know <laughs> so that, okay and 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 the end of life experience um it, it it all kind of fits together is you know i i've been with a lot of people as they transition and they pass and and uh one person i was with was on um a life support machine and he was taken off of it but he was in the hospital and the little heart monitor was still going mm -hmm. um and so every time and we were there for his passing it was time it was time and he was elderly and there was preparation and it wasn't like a, a hard traumatic thing it felt complete and every time he was a it seemed like he was flatlining my inclination was to go just touch his feet i was a that end to just go and like, wish you well, good passage. But then the, the life, the heartbeat would come back. <laughs> and mm. finally the person next to me uh, whispered, step away from the body, <laughs> let them go. <laughs> and, and I got this profound realization that that love can, how it can even sustain the body. You know, yeah, as it's yeah. leaving, oh, okay, better come back. That feels really good. Yeah, Keep touching yeah. me. <laughs> I love the foot rub. <laughs> um, you know, ready to go otherwise. And I could see myself coming back for like, okay, well, if I'm going to get a massage, I'm going to stay a little bit longer here. <laughs> um, and, and that that was not my role yeah. in my life to go be a masseuse. Um, with the same ability that you had to give love through that. It was, um, it, 
it was a whole different journey, but that your path brought you to that through that same venue and through your mother is just another one of the kind of miracle stories of how spirit uses us in so many different paths and brings us to that. And I was holding my mother, you know, when she mm. was going and it was just beautiful and it was her time and she couldn't just couldn't stay anymore. But yeah, where we get (laughs) goes right to the heart and to those tears. Yeah. It's not lost on me that because I did massage for my mother and then my older sisters and then my friends and family that the person who introduced me to A Course in Miracles, I met at massage school. So Holy Spirit knew exactly (laughs) what it was doing (laughs) to get me there. And I'm just so grateful that she's probably sick of hearing me thank her. But how do you how do you fully express in words somebody who introduces something that changes your life and shows you the the way out of the crazy dream? So thanks through again, Gwyneth. Yeah, through <laughs> love and gratitude. I mean, when and when you said when you were telling me the story, I always listen to the funny little details that just pop out. But it was just the smile that came to my face was that, you know, your massage class that opened you up and where you found first community, it sounded like, um, was the number 13. Yeah. And it made me think of, (laughs) you know, the apostles and it it was um, just where, what launches us and what stories get repeated and repeated and repeated again um, through love and community. John, you mentioned uh, the love boat was what was on TV when you were getting massage. <laughs> and I remember that yeah. programming. It was like Friday night. Yeah. And then it was followed by Fantasy mm-hmm. Island. Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. And I was like, how fitting. Like, here we are, Fantasy Island. And <laughs> you have one you have one more little um, interesting anecdote that took place on this this episode of Fantasy Island with your mom and on her <laughs> birthday. Maybe you could tell us about that. Uh, sure. Um, (laughs) so, you know, we had, before she passed, we had conversations about, do you believe in reincarnation and what's going to happen? And, um, she said, well, I'll let you know, honey. I said, oh, really? Okay. And how are you going to do that? And, uh, she said, well, um, the first thing she said was I'll send you an email. I'm like, my mom never sent an email, touched a computer in her entire (laughs) life. So, um, and the other thing she said is, you'll know I'm thinking about you um, when a bird poops on your car. (laughs) And I'm like, really? That's your sign, mom. You couldn't use like butterflies or a rainbow or something. So the the her, her, her she was born in August and she passed in April. So the first birthday. After she passed, um, I parked my car, not really thinking about it. And I went for my walk on the beach in the morning, as I often do. And I I had parked my car under a big set of trees. And when I came back, my car, it wasn't just one or two bird poops. My car was covered in <laughs> bird poop. Like I had to go directly to a car wash there, but I just laughed. I like, okay, mom, I got it. <laughs> You're thinking about me on your birthday, you know, and could we use another sign please? <laughs> but talk about a shift in perception. Now I don't get so mad when a bird poops on my car. Cause it makes me think of my mom or, or a shit in perception. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> And as far as the email, you know, a year, the anniversary of her passing, I was in California living in Ojai at the time. And I got an email from somehow I got on a, a list of that was definitely targeted to, towards senior citizens. And it was for one of those electric carts or something. And it was a picture in the ad. It was a picture of a woman riding one of those carts. And my mom had one and she loved it because it gave her her independence again. And the woman's hand arms were up in the air. Like she was in praising victory. And I thought, (laughs) okay, mom, (laughs) you, you came through on both your promises. You sent the bird poop and you also sent me an email. I don't know how you pulled that one off, but um, well done. Well done. That's great. And both were, were, you know, Mobile vehicles. Yeah. Yes. You know, yes. That's, that's, that's true. Freedom. That's so great. And, you know, and, and, and bird poop is 
has been said in some traditions to be lucky, like when a bird poops on your head, which yes, yes, um, <laughs> which some people really don't agree with, but uh, it, it is a shift in perception. Yeah, yeah. How Were you going to share your story, Tam? Um, I wasn't planning on it, but I can. Um, very, very quickly, I I went to take a break from work, which really didn't happen. Work followed me down to um, down to Carmel, and I ended up in a gallery in Carmel, and I was talking to a salesperson. This gallery that I had come to that store in the past, um, over the several years, I've been there since 2012, I'm stopped by there with my mom, and I didn't say that my mom had passed. And this the salesperson said, hold on a second. She came, went to her desk. She came back to me. She was your mom's name, Judith Whitson. And I said, yes, it was expecting, oh, of course, the miracles. I knew this, you know, all of that. And, and she said, I had this woman called me in the beginning, called our store in the beginning of October and said that she didn't know how long she was going to be around and she wanted to buy her daughter a present, an opal. And um, and we talked back and forth and we agreed to do this for her. And we sent this package, um, but we had the wrong address and it got returned to us. And we've been calling her, you know, for the first couple of months, but we we couldn't reach her. No one ever got back to us. And we've had this package and we can't, we couldn't refund her payment because we only give store credit. So we've had this and we haven't known what to do with it. And she brought it out and it was this gorgeous opal necklace that was sitting in their gallery from my mom to me um, all these months later. And, you know, I could go on for hours of our own podcast around this, but the, (laughs) the connection, the gift, the healing moment, it was, I have to tell you, John, I'm sorry to compare and be competitive, but it was really nicer than bird poop on my car. <laughs> I would agree. I think you got the better end of that deal. <laughs> although, although love is love, you know, love yes. is really love. And um, it's the content, not the form. <laughs> that's right, right. right. <laughs> <laughs> although sometimes the form is really nice to like yes. wear it around my neck instead of yes. drive my car to a car wash every time my mom says hello. Um, but I will think of your mom every time I need to drive my car now to the car wash. And I thank you for that. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, the messages come in so many ways um, that are just so miraculous. And uh, really, thank you for sharing that because it it also keeps us open to, you know, when my mom did pass, a lot of people um, saw birds, like birds Mm -hmm. came to them in weird ways. And for me, it was a blue blue jay flew into my house overnight. When I woke up in the morning, there was noise in the living room and all the windows and doors were closed. And this blue jay, which my mother's name was Judith and Judy. And so Mm. here was this blue jay and it let me walk up to it and hold it and take it out the door. I mean, I took pictures and everything. So, so birds apparently, or so I've heard in Storyland, are one of the easiest, um, easiest animals and creatures to use. They are called the messengers. Mm. Um, So, you know, how, how they're used, they're, interesting from poop to coming and flying your window. <laughs> There's an addendum to that, right? I have asked my mom if she could switch her sign and she has obliged. It feels like with um, thunderstorms and rainbows. She used, we used to sit in my garage and I was never afraid of thunderstorms because my mom loved them. And we would go out there and watch the storms pass and see what the wind did. And, and it was such a special memory. And in fact, the night she died, there was a big thunderstorm that night. And I think you shared something like that, oh, yeah. the, the deluge with your mom. <laughs> I'm still dealing with the floods of that <laughs> night in a big way. But that's funny that you say that because she also moved to you and brought Hurricane Wilma. Yeah, <laughs> yeah know? she did. And- Yes. And that will of the mother, like the will ma, you know, yeah. is so big. So that's beautiful. Yeah. Like, yeah. Tone it down a little. Thank you for yeah. the message. <laughs> yes. We hear you. Yes. <laughs> yeah. 
It's, um, I definitely feel grateful that I can, I inherited her ability to make a joke out of anything. She was so resilient and that's how I want to be connected to her, not through the sadness or the pain or the drinking, but I can be connected to her through her sense of humor and her resilience. And that's been so helpful. What greater gift is that? What greater gift is that? Yeah. I've been thinking a lot about my father who was a very difficult man and had a dream about him saying, would you turn it all around? You know, and and a whole other story that I won't go into now, but it's been really funny to keep hearing his voice. Just turn that story around. (laughs) That wasn't for that reason. It was for this loving, fun reason. (laughs) Okay, I'll try. So thank you for turning the stories around. Back to love. We'd like to uh, ask for what you do when you get caught in an ego storm. Like you just seem like all of a sudden you fell into, fell into the tar pit of ego, resentment, grievances. It seems very real. It doesn't seem like a dream. Forgiveness seems difficult. What do you do in those moments to try to remember forgiveness and practice it? Yeah, I have a couple of go-to tools that have been very helpful for me on this journey. Um, One (laughs) is a little tongue in cheek, but it works. I remember when I, uh, I got, I just got a new car and a day or two later, there was a scratch or a ding on it. And of course the ego wanted me to react to that. And I was with a friend and I told her, Oh, look at some beautiful child of God dinged my brand new car. <laughs> so instead of saying the words that I might want to say, I say, oh, look at that beautiful child of God just cut me off or that <laughs> beautiful child of God. And it kind of pulls the plug on it so that um, I can laugh at it. So that's one that I use. Uh, another one is just Holy Spirit, help me to see this differently. And if I'm really genuine when I ask that question and I get still, um, I get an answer. And I also heard a prayer that I, I share a lot with my coaching clients about, um, I, I think I heard Nook Sanchez say it um, on an interview. Um, she wrote a course related book called Take Me to Truth. And her prayer was, Holy Spirit, thank you for helping me to forgive myself for using XYZ fill in the blank to attack myself and separate from your love. And that one instantly, whether it's something trivial, like um, somebody not taking their sweet time at a stop sign or something really huge, like, you know, something in the world stage, like you open with Tam, like, Holy Spirit, thank you for helping me to forgive myself for using this situation to attack myself and separate from your love. And it brings me right back to my connection with love. Well, I'd like to offer you a face for that little child of God hurting a car. <laughs> my my son, when he was, I think it was, you know, three or four, um, we went to visit some friends and the um the husband had just gotten, who was a very dear friend, it's funny to call him the husband, um, but he he had just gotten a brand new BMW that he adored. And I came out and I heard his daughter, uh, his middle daughter saying to my son, oh, Lige, what are you doing? And I heard Lige say, art. And Lige had taken, my son had taken a a sharp piece of gravel pebble and Mm. drawn all, scraped all over the side of this brand new car. And, And there was that moment of horror you know, true horror. And, yes. and I, you know, when I brought my friend out, I looked at him and I said, you know, I'll, I'll totally pay for, for the deductible. <laughs> on this one. But, and, and we were really able to laugh at it, but it, I always think of that when some, when you, and when you just said a child of God, it was like, yeah, yeah I know that child. Just so you know, yeah, and he, very was well. it, he was doing it for art. <laughs> In the name of art. It's exactly, all forgiven. <laughs> exactly. 
So it is that perspective. How do we continuously turn around something that dings us and that goes into a deep dent or a light dent? And how do we turn that around? Thank you for, for all those stories you've shared that can offer us a change in perspective. Yeah, John, thanks so much. Thanks so much for those. You had a, you had a lot of good stories there. And your mom was, your mom was quite scrappy, really, how she, how she ran that, ran that assisted living facility. Oh yeah. Oh, that's, that was great creative thinking. Yeah. The director kept telling me, John, you've got it. Your mom can't drink here. I'm like, okay, I'm, I'll, I'm on it. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Clever minds. Yeah. I mean, it's amazing how, um, when, when, we move into addiction, you know, how smart the mind can be yes. that wasn't yes. thinking about other things. You can suddenly see they have genius in them. Yes. Yeah. And truly the course, I'm so grateful for it, for helping me to see it differently. Because now when I think about my mom or I share the stories, like the ones I've shared today, there really is nothing but love in my heart. You know, there, I, of course, I, I think I heard your mom say this in one of the earliest podcasts, Ham. Maybe you remember the exact what she said, Matt, but something like the memory is there, but the pain of it isn't there anymore. And so I remember it, but really, I just, I think of her and all the, I mean, those are just a, she was quite a character. So (laughs) (laughs) that's what I remember about her. Yeah. Oh, God bless her. John, you mentioned that you, you lived in, uh, uh, Ojai, California. And this might be an interesting mm-hmm. way to close is that um, Ojai has one of the few valleys in the world that's situated east-west instead of the typical north-south. So when the sun goes down, it creates a special something, doesn't it? Yes. It like makes a um, the canyon look pink, doesn't it? Yeah. It's called the pink mm-hmm. moment. Ah, really? Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. And because the, the the light comes through the, the valley and onto the mountains in pink, and I just I thought I you know I was thinking about that. It came up as we're kind of drawing to a close here, and I was like, how beautiful to have a pink moment here at the end. Yeah, it's mm. so appropriate. That's one of the things I like to do. Is a one of my little rituals is using rose quartz is said to hold the frequency of unconditional love and compassion. And I some friends uh, gifted me a necklace made of rose quartz and. When they said, whenever you're ready, cut it and start tossing them into rivers and streams and oceans and giving them to people. And um, it's just a way to infuse love into the dream. And I've been doing it since Valentine's Day of 2004. And so pink, just that just having a pink moment, I have them all the time. But I'd forgotten <laughs> that about Ohio. I was only there for a little while. But yeah, I just any way we can infuse love into the dream. Yeah. Well, John, well, this so was much. a pink moment. Yes, it was. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. I yes. Got, I gotta go. I gotta go watch uh, the love boat. So we gotta wrap it up here. <laughs> um, I'm sorry, but the plane, the plane is coming. <laughs> John, thanks so much for coming on Miracle Voices and sharing your miracle voice. We really appreciate it, and good luck to you the rest of 2022. Thank you. It was a joy to speak with you both. Same. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for listening today. Please subscribe to Miracle Voices by hitting the subscribe button on your podcast app. If you are enjoying these conversations, please consider leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever podcast app you use. And lastly, please visit us at miraclevoices.org and join our newsletter so we can stay connected. Until the next podcast, I want to leave you with my favorite course quote, when you want only love, you will see nothing else.